Hello and welcome to this, the sixth episode of the Ian Prendercast, a Carlton podcast, a very special episode coming to you from a undisclosed location. We're brought to you as always by MGA Traffic in these uncertain economic times. They're turning out work before clients can cancel it. And we're joined, of course, by Faber Ganoush, Rule 48, never leave a podcaster behind, even if they've become Howard Hughes at the peak of his paranoia. Fabian, no, he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Fabian's contracted a very serious case of WFH20. He's got the tissue boxes on his feet. He's wearing the hospital gown. He's not here. He's at home t- tuning out work before he loses his livelihood. So we're sad. We don't have him, but we thought we'd push on and do a, a bit of a review show. That does mean it is a two-hander, and I'm joined by this week's host. He's upgraded his health advice to panic and fend for yourself. It's Dr. Davis. Sean, how are you? I am well. We obviously are uh, an amigo down because um, because Fabian can't make it. And, and this was a bit of a, an impromptu pod because we thought potentially – um, if we change tack and do a review show um, rather than review it on a Thursday, it just might make a bit more sense. Well, especially having played on the Thursday the the previous week. Yes, it's um, you kind of you want to talk about it. You want to be able to dissect it and um, and and bring the voice back to the people as to the way that we're seeing it. Mm-hmm. And next Thursday just seems too long. And, and and obviously we missed our Thursday record because of the game. Again. So And there's a bit of uncertainty, obviously, even on the on the Wednesday, were we going to play? Yeah, well, so well I think like... at one point we thought we may even record because we yes. assumed we weren't going to be playing and just talk about, you know, what, what we've learned since. So, exactly right. And then, um, like you said, we get, if we get to next Thursday and we're, we're talking about a game that's seven days old... So, it's, a, it's a bit redundant. It's exactly. been done, hasn't it? Exactly right. And, and as Gil said to us a lot in this last week, it's uh, these times call for agility. So, um, the <laughs> How team... is your agility today? <laughs> it was never great at the best of times. <laughs> at the moment, yeah, it's probably never been worse. We spoke about it last week when I suffered my potentially career-ending thigh injury. Second thigh um, injury. <laughs> back-to-back thighs. I'm like Andy Carrazzo at the end of his career with his calf. Um my agility, having not played indoor soccer for the best part of two years, was appalling. Yeah, you you look like so many things in life. If you just don't use it, there you was, will lose it. There was a <laughs> there was a moment where <laughs> I saw like a, a bit of the play opened up, and there was a loose ball like pretty close to our defensive goal, and I thought, "I'm on here, I'm off." I just fell over. Just, I went. I went to go. I went to go push off and get the loose ball, take off, and then you know, a few steps. You could see the play. My teammates running up. I thought I'll take a few steps. I'll draw that defender, and then I can pass it around him, and we're on for a shot at goal. I just fell over myself. There was actually a bit in in the Carlton game on uh, on Thursday night where you just couldn't help but laugh, and it was when we were well down. And Levi took... You couldn't have it laugh or cry. Well, there was a ball up and Levi's standing there inside the big circle and he oh, kind of yeah. went to move and both both feet came out from underneath him. Yep. He almost face-planted I remember in that. a ball on the ground. Yep. He just literally... And, <laughs> he lost his legs. It, and it was an easy Richmond clearance and you thought, yeah, that's about where we're at right now. Not, not much is going right. That's pretty much the game in a nutshell right there. <laughs> Levi's just tripped over himself. Um but look, uh, obviously on social media, you can find us on Twitter. That's predominantly where we are. I'm thinking about expanding onto Facebook, but that feels like some work. So I'm, I'm toying with that. Um, so always get in touch. You can find Fab at Fabiano underscore G7. Timbo is at Hoff47. And I'm at Sean Peter Budge, all one word. Um, do get in touch with us. Tweet us. 
let us know what you're thinking. Um, and also, as we always say, uh, if you could give us a like and a review and a subscribe when you're on uh, podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to us, uh, that'd be terrific as well. Um, I suppose before we get into the week that was, uh, Eddie Maguire said it a lot during his career and it was never truer than last week. It was a fucking big week in football. It was a big week in football. Jesus. Um, Eddie turned up on AFL 360 one night and it looked like he was either stoned or been crying or hadn't slept for days. Well, Gil was worse though. Gil looked like he'd been awake for a week and a half. It, it's exactly what it looked like. I, I've never seen a man who actually normally presents quite well. He was dead behind look the as eyes. Dishevelled as he did. Yeah, exactly right. Um, but uh, obviously, in the build-up to the week, Fet, we will stop just on the coronavirus a little bit, Timbo. Have you noticed? Has the panic at the shops calmed? A little bit. I shopped this morning. I got pasta. I got rice. The supply chain. I got toilet paper. I got toilet paper. I sent you the text. We kind of go to the same local, the Coles. I I obviously delivered to the Coles. I walked in with that day's letter. They don't get a lot of mail, fortunately, which is good because they're annoying to deliver to. But I noticed there were a lot of calm people just walking around and some of them had toilet paper. And I thought, oh, there could be some on here. And yeah, there was just a big row of them and you went, oh, good. This this is a relief, not literally because I can wipe my ass, but <laughs> fortunately there seemed to be some norm- normalcy with how people are, are, are reacting and what's on the shelves. Yeah. So f- hopefully the hoarders have got their fill. They've bankrupted themselves. The land room is full. Yeah. Everything's full. They've had to buy freezers. They've had to expand out a new shed in the backyard to hoard their crap. They've got no money left, <laughs> but they've got lots of non-perishable food. Correct. It just feels like. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of convenience. But what I will say before moving on, this is my, you know, like the old money magazine where they give you the, you know, they give you really stupid tips like, well, Timbo, you know, if you if you want to save up to buy a house, just, you know, cut down um, frivolous spending. And you're like, thanks. Thank you. Yes. that Yeah. Okay. Just, you know, uh, eat out less and, you know, eat noodles. You're going, okay. Yeah. Oh, I was hoping for I something. Sacrifice. I was hoping for something a bit more than that. Um but if you do go to the shops and they don't have something that you're after, whatever that may be, I um, deliver to quite a few butchers. Just go to your local butcher. It's what I did on uh, Thursday yeah. this week. I think I um, I went to the local GPs, yes. just a very procedural referral type arrangement. Mm-hmm. Won't go into the details Please exactly don't. what we're having, <laughs> having done, yeah, but done. anyway. Um, and came you could make back- it a game, I could guess. Well, you don't have to. I don't know that the members are going to be uh, that keen on it. But, um, but yeah, went past one of the local butchers, um, the guy down um, at the bottom of the hill on Bolton Street in Eltham. Yes. And wandered in and thought, I wonder what old mate does have here, if anything. And he was stocked to the eyeballs. Yep. And, uh, and you thought, how good is this? Well, once so. again, I delivered you know, Tunstall Square and Jackson Court and Devon Plaza. Yep. So there's, there's probably like... To be honest, there's probably six or seven in total. Tunstall Square's got quite a few. There's a couple there's of butchers three. in there. There's the one in the corner. There's one next to Coles, and then there's the two on the other side. Because technically Ma- three. There's Mauro Brothers, yes. who's on the other side near the... Dicenzo. Uh, he's further, yeah, yeah. Down, further down, yeah. There's probably three. And then there's like a bit of a deli, which might do some bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then obviously there's one at Devon, and there's a couple at Jackson Court. They've got plenty of stuff. Yeah, if you're short on meat, you're not trying hard enough. No, go and, and help them out. Yep. Uh, which would be good. Um, so now we're going to move on to, I suppose, the context of how we got to Thursday night, which was, to be blunt, Timbo, it was painful. 
Well, the the strangest thing, and I think we sort of waxed a little bit during the week, is the longer it went, you just thought you can't be playing. Because if you were going to be playing, if you knew you were going to be playing, it was so easy to say, we will be playing. Well, without naming names, we will name a name, because that's how we operate. <laughs> you have a contact within the Richmond Football Club. Yes. And yep. just as, as a good friend, you just sent him a, shot him a text on Wednesday night, Wednesday midday. It was Wednesday midday. Oh, okay. and, just, and, and I said, are we playing? And it was just a big question mark. And so, obviously, in the absence, he wasn't hearing any more or less than what we were, mm. um, but he wasn't certain that they were playing yet then. Yet all you can do is prepare as if you are, which I'm glad we did because for the effort that all of those people at the, you know, for want of a better word, an operational level... The fact that they were able to play and to be able to execute, I think, is good because mm. if you'd sort of you know got yourself all wound up and and first game of the year, you'd be you'd be ready to go and express yourself. If if Gil finally, through his dishevelled look <laughs> and you know dead behind the eyes approach, said, uh, "Yeah, yeah, we're actually going to shelve it this weekend," you'd sit there and you're going, "It'd be the air out of the balloon." It would be completely. But look, when we finally got the call, obviously very seven thirty ish, seven forty five ish on the Wednesday. Um, the, the only thing I can take away with it, obviously very vocal on Twitter, my point of view throughout the whole build-up was just push pause. Yep. There's so much that we don't know. There's so much that we're, that we're reacting to. They came out on the Friday beforehand and laid out a, a, a path forward and you thought, this is going to change. Yeah. When you next come out on Monday, it's going to change. When you next come out on Wednesday, it's going to change. So my attitude was push pause for a month, come out and say, we're going to, Postpone the season for four weeks in light of this unfolding epidemic. Um, we don't want to be reactionary. We want to have as much information and as much time. And they're the two tenants of a crisis. How much of those two things do you have? And they were just you know, grasping at air for any amount of time they could get, any amount of information they could get. Because we spoke about it briefly off pod. You're obviously coaching down at the the local underage Box Hill. Um, I always say Box Hill, Beverly Hills. Yes. Um, everything gets put on pause and everything is up in the air. If you'd given yourself the time, there's more than just AFL football at stake. What does the AFLW season look like? What does the NAB League and the draft look like? What does state league footy look like? What does local footy look like? There's so much that needs to be determined that couldn't be determined whilst also trying to figure out what do we do with round one. Totally, totally. And there's a little bit of a look thing about it as well where you know, you're probably coaching kids who are sitting there thinking watching the footy this weekend, well, why can't I play? Yeah, spot on. We, we don't play to a crowd. Yeah, yeah, but like, you why know. can't, what's wrong with, you know, I can't play footy? Everything gets put on pause and the effect and the flow on effect of that economically in terms of community, how it affects those clubs, it's not just the AFL competition. So when we push ahead, clearly, you know, financially motivated and we can all appreciate what the effect of pushing pause or cancelling the season would do, all the other balls are still in the air. Exactly right. And look, we're getting feedback through our Yarra Junior Football League. They're talking about playing on the 3rd of May, mm-hmm. um, which will come around very quickly. We're not training at the moment. Um, practice matches that we had slated to play have been cancelled. Um, in fact, we probably would have been playing one right now mm-hmm. if, um, if if we were still business as usual. Um and so with the 3rd of May start, we're all going, well, when do we start training together? Are we allowed to do that? Do we play any practice matches ahead of the 3rd of May? Are we allowed to do that? 
is third of May round one, or does it mean at that point you can start doing the formalities and then we'll nominate when round one starts? There's a lot of those elements that are yet to be answered. And, and then another flow, and you sort of sit there going, obviously there's talk at AFL level of condensing the season. You sit there going, well, theoretically, and particularly at junior football level, theoretically, you could play midweek. Well, it's probably not as hard. Yeah. I mean, it's just the only question is, does little Johnny do karate on a Wednesday night when you're thinking of maybe playing? And, well, that's and, it. And, and, and reality is, karate's probably been called off anyway. <laughs> um, because What about Tai Chi? Calligraphy, Timbo? Is that well, still happening? Well, you can do that with a bit of social distancing. You can keep your two metres, but if you're going to be sparring with your your uh, your partner in karate, it is something of a contact sport. So. Yeah, I think the Greco-Roman wrestling team's on hold just at the moment. <laughs> um, the one thing that I, that I will put on the table is the whole idea of pushing pause for me as well was spurned by this idea of what's the look. So on the Friday, the first thing that we were told about this new AFL season a sport that we love and that most of our listeners and us particularly, you know, we love going and supporting the team. It's part of our week. It's a big part of our year. The first thing that the AFL did was lock the gates. Yep. And I get that there was advice from, you know, the the health organizations and the chief medical officers and the like. But from a look point of view, the very first measure that they took was to say, no fans. Even if that is coming down the pike and an inevitability, yep. they made it a first point of port of call rather than a this is a last resort. We didn't want to do this. Yep. The only way to get the season going is without, and it breaks our heart to do it. So my question is, how like when the games start up again, crowds will be through the roof. It'll be like the old lockouts in baseball and what we've seen in American sports where the crowds come back in record numbers because of what they've been deprived. Correct. But I just. I'll have a bit of a smirk on my face when inevitably in 2021 we get the fans of the game, you make the game, you're the most important part. And you'll sit there and go, well, we were the first ones you cut adrift. <laughs> the first one to go. We were, the, we, we, we were first money in, first money out, or last money out. Yep. Go, We were cut from this whole thing before we could even get our feet under the desk. So it's just, I think that'll be an interesting one to observe how they, how they follow this up in months and years to come because... It sounds absolutely ridiculous. You might have noticed, Timbo, quite a few commentators were saying, with a hint of surprise, going, geez, I don't think we're going to underestimate the supporters anymore. What a part of this they are. Totally. But but did they not know? Did they, did they not realise? Spot on. It seems <laughs> utterly ridiculous to say it, but you get the feeling a few of them are sort of going, yeah, wow, this is so much less of a product. Yep. Without, not just from a visual element, but from the sounds and senses and the atmosphere, everything that's great about it—an exciting game yesterday's—you know the Dockers and the and the uh, the Bombers yep. would have been a raucous finish if there was a crowd there. Correct. Our and game would have been a raucous finish yep. if you sit there going, "Fuck, we get the next one." Bit of momentum. Can you imagine how much noise we would have been making? Going, what a part of the yeah. the whole flavor of the game. But well, now the result is because there's no interaction and and singing the song suddenly is so much more important because mm. that's that's what. Um, Supporters seize upon all of a sudden the way Collingwood sung their song on Friday night yep. and they jumped around and all that sort of stuff. That was as big a story coming out of the weekend of football as there was. And you're going, really? Is I that, love all the, is that the best we've got. You'll know how to pronounce his name. I'm terrible. The Pat McAfee? McAfee? Oh, yeah, I do know the bloke you're talking about. All of about, his yep. stuff, obviously, the yeah. last day or two, yeah. having found the game on Fox Sports exactly 1 in America. Right. That's, the song is one of those things that I always find, what do they make of this? Like he'd be sitting there going, they're singing the fight song. 
like after the game. Yeah. In the rooms. Going, that's sleeveless Guernseys. They find weird. Our vests, they called them. <laughs> and um, and all that kind of stuff. But he, and, and for people that are only just listening, Pat McAfee is a an American sports, you know, aficionado. Mm-hmm. And because they've been, like, they're not playing the NCAA March Madness at the moment. Nothing. It's all been cancelled. They have no professional sport on television at all. And obviously these guys are channel surfing Mm -hmm. over in the States and they've gone, you know, they're texting their mates saying, mate, get on board channel 777, whatever the number happens to be. The rumour was that um, Fox Sports in America had initially contacted the NRL to say, Uh, are you playing? Because we've literally got nothing on. And obviously, they probably came across AFL as well. They, I think they play like one game a week sort of thing. Yes. But they probably sit there going, can we have more? Yeah, load it up. And they, and they found it and they're loving it. Oh, so it's great. <laughs> Pat, Pat's uh, thread of tweets about it's quite funny. He's like live tweeting is, it's like a stream of consciousness. Yeah, can as you as please exp- can yeah, anyone please explain this game He to goes, me? I think I've got, he goes, quite funny at one point, he goes, I still don't really understand the scoring. He goes, I think I've got it. And he goes, at one point, he goes... <laughs> Said something about the ball went out of play and the the, the referee threw it 65 yards. He goes, just when I thought the game couldn't get more electric, the ball went out of bounds. <laughs> it's quite good. Um, it. The other, obviously, the big talking point to come out of the AFL's decision to push on uh, was the shortened quarters. It's only taken a global pandemic, Timo, but the, the coaches have gotten what they wanted. Finally. They've gotten shortened quarters. And look, my I, I fear that this is the new normal. I, I, I don't think we'll go back to 20 plus time on. Which is disappointing because part of the game, there is such a big part of professional sports and an elite competition that is attritional. Yep. yep. That is the ability to hang tough and hang in. Tennis, you know, we set off pod in swimming timbo. You don't win these longer form events in the first lap. It's who can keep their technique strong, who can execute the turn, who can, you know, make sure that their rhythm's on spot. That's where you win these events totally. late in games, late in quarters. And, and and we've often sort of talked about, you know, this this premise of junk time. Oh. And you're going, just because one team is continuing to be able to execute late in a quarter when the opposition fall away. And there's fatigue. Yeah, and you're sort of sitting there going, well, they still give you six points for the goal. So no, I love junk, that. junk or otherwise, it's, it's I love still that quite valuable. Dismissive, oh, they kicked, they kicked all their goals in junk time. You know, yeah, because yeah, you weren't fit enough or you lost your shape or the fatigue kicked in or your lungs were burning. Yep. The amount of times when I was growing up, my old man would always say, West Coast, mm. and this is probably in the days where they were you know, jabbed full of steroids. That was, said, the, that was they, the prevailing myth. It was well, they were that, juiced up to the eyeballs. Exactly right. They were always the team that managed to kick that late goal. You know, late goal and quarter, and you'd hang tough. Mm. You'd do all the hard work, and then you say, "Damn it, they've got they, they've got one when we just didn't want to concede it." Yeah. Um, but again, that's what good teams do. So, on. and the only thing, the concern, like. Once again, I always laugh and, you know, it's to make the game shorter and to make it more accessible for kids. There's a reason that shows like Bluey go for seven minutes. <laughs> yep. Little, little, my three and a half year old nephew would not have the attention span to sit and watch The Irishman. No, it's exactly right. He wouldn't understand it. It'd be a bit confronting, but he'd be, he'd be bored. He'd, there's yep. a reason why kids shows run five minutes, seven minutes, 10 minutes yep. at a max 20 minutes. Yep. Because they're just attention spans. It's how it is. So you grow up, like, I don't know about you, Timbo, I'm not watching ABC Kids a whole lot as a grown adult. 
Well, we're still taking it in a bit here. But you're not watching it for your own sort of like amusement. Oh, we sometimes do. <laughs> you're sitting there going, where's the long form HBO, you know, hour long docu-series or, you know, made for TV movie or whatever, or cinema. Um, and then secondly, the other point I've got is we've got to be real careful that F1 did this where they started, they played with the point system and they played with all these things which make records redundant. Yep. So if you go to 16-minute quarters, pretty much every record that stands is in ink. Yep, correct. Which is you've got a kid starting his career, well, no one's going to no one's gonna kick a 1,000 goals Yeah. in a career. Yep. They're just not going to do it. They don't have the time. No, that's right. No one's going to break disposal records. No one's going to do, you know, Brownlow medal, whatever, you know, touches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, tackles. All of these records that are in the books – will be there forever. Yep. So that's a consequence that maybe is a bit off-Broadway, but it's something that you sort of go, well, that's that's a consequence we're going to have to wear, you know. So it is what it is, I suppose. We'll wait and see how it goes, but I don't hold much hope. Uh, onto the match itself, Thursday night, clearly we tuned in. It was uh, odd to see, to say the least. Um, the empty stands and disappointing to not be there personally, as many of us would have been. So um, such a big part of the year is when you you walk through Yarra Park on that warm night for the first time, and the lights are on, and you sit down ready to take in another year. But obviously, we were deprived of that. Um, in the build-up, we were dealt a bit of a blow. Eddie Betts ruled out the Tuesday or the Wednesday. I think it was the Tuesday. I thought he did it. On, I thought the news was filtering through late on the Sunday. Oh, maybe he'd done it. He did it in the training yes. session on the Saturday. Yes. So, so I think pretty much you know, rounding out the weekend, heading into the week, we, we kind of knew that he was he was done and, and, a few and of done us were for reaching, a period. A few of us were going just don't bother. Let's cancel it. Well, let's I pull was, it off. That was the reason I was ready for it to go. Yeah. Is I thought you know, Mackay's not quite ready, but if you give us another two or three weeks, he gets right, yeah. and Eddie will probably be right. And you've gone, yeah, no, well, for a delayed start to the season. <laughs> Although I the- think, in the interest of the public health, Correct. we should exactly delay right. the season. Correct. <laughs> But the other thing was, I was always firmly of the belief that our best chance of getting a hold of Richmond was um, was to be able to get them early when they were perceived to be underdone. Maybe, yeah. And, uh, and then I'll, the shorter quarters play into that as well. Oh, very much so. And, and they play a very hard-running, fast-spreading, ballistic brand of football, um, which shorter quarters actually lend itself to mm. because... We probably would have preferred 20-minute quarters, especially if Andrew Russell is the, the doyen of fitness coaches that We've got to speak about Jack in a moment. Yes, well, those last four minutes of quarters, and, and look, we, we ran out the game well, so I, I think there was... And, and the way that it played out, I mean, we'll talk about it more, but we were really stiff not to still be in the game very, very late and, like, really, really into the game. Like, when, when you sort of got... If we kicked three goals in eight minutes, we mm. might win the game type arrangement. Well, that's infinitely doable. Well, there was... there was, And the Dockers sort of had this problem yesterday and the Bulldogs, to a lesser extent, they didn't get as close. But you sort of sat there and thought, you probably don't have the time to win this. No. In a 20-minute quarter, having said that, the, the Rich, Richmond probably would have been further up in the first half. So it saved our bacon in the first half. That's absolutely true. But you sort of sat there thinking, we, just, we probably just don't have the time. If we had the 20-minute quarter then it's not as pressing, we're not as hassled, we're not as Harry taking it forward. It's not as, uh, we saw a little bit of the replay earlier where Dow and another player, no fault of their own, Fisher kicks it to half forward, ball's in dispute, they're a hair's breadth away from taking Gathering, it. Yep. Sydney Stack does, it goes their way, they clear. And you sit there going, you sort of felt at the time, ah, oh, we needed everything to go right. Yep. We don't have the margin for error. Yep. But on, on uh, Andrew Russell, I don't want to go too hard too soon. I think it's worth 
just putting on the table and, and, and having the discussion without being too critical or, or sounding like we're going for his head. But I think it's something to keep an eye on. We haven't had a good pre-season in the treatment room. It's We've not... The momentum that you need and the more things going right than not are what our club needs mm. to have more bodies ready to go. And and on one hand, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, fewer pre-season operations, more guys doing... I think they said we've got more guys doing more than 80% of the work than we ever had and we've had fewer doing less than 40% or mm. whatever that... The, the, the statistic that they used. These are all great numbers, Timbo. And look, and that's all fine. And maybe we've just been hurt by the quality of the players that have been impacted by the injuries. And that's the thing. Like you look at it, you go, well, Harry feels like he's been mismanaged a bit. It feels like why are we still at this situation when he was clearly troubled by the, the groin last year? But if it's a load issue, Sean, the, <sighs> and that's, you, that's still, you, you, you know. just sit there and you're going, okay, well, we've got to rest him. We've got to get him right. But at some point to be able to give him the chance to be able to play... We've got to give him the opportunity to see how he responds true, true. to load. And you've gone, ah, we, we've overcooked him again. Obviously, Charlie's the one who knows what the real story is. Yep. I think we can we can cut them some slack with that one if it's genuinely uh, an accident, like a knee injury occurred as they said it did, if we take them yep. on face value. Um, SBS obviously had a thigh. didn't affect him on Thursday night. He was excellent. But SBS had the thigh which had him in doubt. That's obviously a load or a training you know, management uh, issue. McGovern's been lame and has been barely on the track before round one and only really got a look in late. Um, Marchbank isn't right. Came back, obviously had the bone bruising on his knee and will miss a little bit more. And that was unlucky. I mean, uh, the bone bruising yeah. is unlucky. Um, obviously, Eddie's now with the calf. Fisher missed a couple of the preseason hitouts with soreness. Because he was sore. Yep. O'Brien was the same. Because he was yep. sore. Um, and obviously, you know, they said Eddie with his calf. You sort of go, well, these are guys that are notionally in our best team. That it's all good and well not to disparage a Finbar O'Dwyer, but if Finbar does a calf, you go, oh, that's bad luck for the kid. Yep. But when it's Eddie Betts, you sort of go, shit. That that really impacts us. That and really our hurts us. And and obviously, you know, the game as it's been. And oh, played look, out. I was going to say, oh, clearly Andrew Russell, you know, the gods don't come down and go, Andrew, a player will do a calf today. <laughs> Do a swimming session. Yes. Who do you want it to be? You know, they don't come down and, you know, he can't. Finbar! Finbar, Finbar, Finbar. He can't, you know, pick who. So, you know, we're not having a crack at him for that. But yep. I think this is something worth keeping a little bit of an eye on. Um, but but if, if these guys have done the work, then... Have they done too then, much work, Timbo? Well, and look, I think that... Look, we, we can't crystal ball too much no. about this season because no. we don't know what's going to happen you know, next well, someone week, made let alone the, next month. We're going to touch on Matty Cruiser in a minute. Someone made the joke about Matty Cruiser who's out for 16 weeks. Will he be right for round two? <laughs> yeah. So, look, it, we, we, we don't know how it is going to play out, but if, if the work that we've put in as a collective is as good as we'd like to think that it would be, then hopefully the benefit will, will, will still bear fruit later on. Um, so I'm I'm still always you know cup half full and you are, man. and I still think that the players will be fine and and will have a depth of contribution from you know a number of players throughout the year and we will be okay. But there is a couple of key players that we 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 We've, certainly missed on Thursday night. Uh, with the game itself, obviously, we're going to touch on uh, our start, our response, uh, some key talking points, and then get into individual shout-outs um, with regard to individual player performance after that. The start itself, it certainly looked like the Premier versus a team that finished 16th. Um, they Look, jumped it did. us. It they, did. Were, they were 
punish down mistakes, um, which a good team does. Super clinical. You, I think you said there were 13 goals, three at one point, which speaks to just how, how deadly and clinical they were. Yep. Early, our skills were really poor. Our composure was poor. It looked like we were kicking a balloon. We, it's, we kicked it high oh, all the time. Very you know. tentative. Yeah, yeah. You know, which was frustrating. Um, and that seemed to just exacerbate, obviously, how well the Tigers were playing was, was how poor and how, how far off the pace we were. Yep. I, I, I wrote the note to myself. It looked like we tried too hard to create at yep. times. We weren't clean. We'd fumble the ball. And, and you just sit there and you go, we look rushed. And, and so what we always needed was a little bit more composure, a little bit more trust in ourselves and our teammates that they'll do what we need them to do. And players um, sometimes, it's not just us, this is symptomatic of a team under pressure. Yep. Take fewer risks, go into the shell. Yep. They don't want to hit that 45 that's on. Yep. You know, they just sit there and go, oh, I don't want to be the one to make a mistake. Yep. And and, and it's, it's the absolute right time to have a go in a season that we don't know if it's going to generate into something of substance when you're playing good footy but you're just not quite finishing as had been our our frustration and our lament in those middle two quarters there was opportunities to be able to take the kick on the 45 or kick it into the the corridor when we had guys that were streaming through trying to create and particularly and, and our forward structure without the genuine hit-ups exactly we, right we you, probably needed to be quick well you've you've you're, you're going to win the contest by having fast football and getting um a, a separation mm as opposed to kicking it to one-on-ones and thinking the guys that we've got down there are going to be better than their opponents because we know how good Richmond's defence typically yep. are and we'll touch on how they did panic on a few occasions yep. and did give away you know several free kicks through really, really poor play and whoever the defensive coach at, um, at Richmond is, um, he's going to be... <laughs> they're going to have fun with that. That, um, well, at least you know, he has a job to justify this well, week. Well, abs- look, absolutely, absolutely, because there was a few guys that really, really lacked composure and were, oh, I think were it's very worth, poor. So I think it's worth um, repeating, as, as a few people have on Twitter. I think we, we certainly don't want to be accused of being biased or, you know, through the rose-tinted glasses. Richmond are a real, to quote Mick Malthouse, a very, very good football team. Remember, I remember Mick said that Richmond won their first game of the year, beat us comfortably. And you sit there going, don't say it, Mick. Don't say it. Because <laughs> Brisbane are a very, very good football team. You go, they're shit, Mick. <laughs> they, they pull their pants down. Um, but Richmond are an excellent side. Yep. They are, at the moment, notionally, they are the best team in the competition. They're the reigning premier. Apart from Basher Hooley, they were at full strength. They were. You know, So let's not lull ourselves into thinking we were beaten by a really ordinary team, undermanned, etc. We were blitzed early by the best team in the competition who – showed us what the gap is between what they were producing last year and what the sum of our 2019 was. We, we, we went through the guys earlier. We were missing a lot of guys who make us a better team. Yeah, no doubt. And no it's doubt. Not, I'm not using it as an excuse. I think there's a context to it that if you put those guys in our team, we are more competitive. Yep. And it's just a fact. So I think we just need to bear that in mind as we talk about the positive aspect of the performance was the response. That's right. You know, I mean, once upon a time we lose that game by eighty. Yep. And 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 not much, not much would have needed to have changed. I think when, I think I, again, you know, I was writing a few notes to myself when when Rioli kicked his goal um, after SPS went third man up. 
it was 13-3 to 4-7. So at that point, we're, what, we're 50 points down. So that's, and, and it's painful. Yeah, yep. Well, and it's painful to watch. And, and 50 down, them staying to kick classy goals yep. and and Doing got it the on smell the of blood in the in the water and we're sort of looking sideways at one another saying, well, what's going to change? Well, as quickly as they look like they were all over us, we we managed to put together a, a response and gathered a bit of momentum and started finally getting reward for the effort that yep. we'd been putting in. The situations where we weren't quite holding marks, all of a sudden we were. Yep. And we were good to go again. So Obviously kicked nine goals to five in the second half. <clears throat> and it was encouraging that after looking like we were light on answers, how are we going to stop this? They pulled some levers. Yep, you know, absolutely. They were able to pull some levers. I heard um, uh, uh, Gerard uh, Wheatley, <laughs> Wheatley uh, yesterday was talking about it on the SEN um, Crunch Time, I think the show's called. And he basically made, he made an excellent point about how um, we looked better immediately after coaching. You're absolutely right. So, um, and, and we kicked the first goal in the yeah. I think second, third and fourth quarters, so whilst, I think. Whilst the message that we'd been fed at the break was fresh and when front of mind, we looked pretty good. Which is good to know that we are a coachable group. Yeah, and that was encouraging. I, I sort of when he said it, I went, Yeah, that's a fair enough assessment. That as soon as the message was relayed for that first ten or fifteen minutes, um, whilst it was really there and they were really cognizant of it. As the the quarter changes and, and evolves, the message needs to change, yep. and with obviously the more the restrictions on runners and the like, being able to coach mid quarter has been cut down. But at least initially there was that sense of this is what we need you to do, this is what we want to do, this is what we think will work, and this is what you're doing well. I and think, it I, I think that was also yeah. When you watch the game back and you see it again, there were really good passages of play, and what we were trying to do, you could see. This is the right way to go about it. There's We've just of, got to make sure that we execute. That and we, word we use in, is that composure. Yep. And they said if you stay composed when you play a really good team, the longer you stay composed, Richmond's you know press is manic, and yep. it creates errors and it creates panic. Yep. The longer you stay composed, you flick the handball out, you beat the press. That's when the game opens. Yeah, you, you release, you get out on the outside, you get in space. When we move the footy, we look great. Yep. Like we, we linked up, we hit targets, we overlap ran um, against a very good defence. We were able to make them panic, put them under the pressure, and um, and we were creating. And obviously we saw a, a beautiful little cameo from, from Jack Martin, mm. who he's... He was where he needed to be. He did the things that he needed to do. And when he got his opportunities for set shots on goal, he just looked finished. He looked immaculate. He missed his first one in the second quarter. Yes. Which was, again, it was in a stage where, um, exactly as you'd said, the the coaching and the messaging at quarter time allowed us to be able to reset. We came out with the right attitude. We were well down on the scoreboard in a shortened game of football, but we it didn't stop us from having a crack. But through all of our efforts and our ability to be able to create opportunities, we just didn't take them. And, and reward for effort. It, it's huge it's in football. It's massive. It's because momentum, momentum is everything. And and it's coming off a big preseason when you start putting the things in place that you've been working on, and you're going, "Holy shit, this works!" Mm-hmm. You know, and and we're putting pressure on 
the reigning Premier, you know, you kick a few of those goals, you get back within a couple of goals in the second quarter with momentum, you're going, we're in this game. Oh, time is not a problem. Correct. Correct. Um, obviously, the, the big talking point from personnel for us out of the game was poor Matty Cruiser. Um, I thought he started really well. He looked good. I thought when we were under the cosh, he was probably our best player. And, and look, Ivan Soldo is oh passable God. at best. Like he, he, how many teams would he get a game in, genuinely? Like, I mean this as a serious question. How many teams would Ivan Soldo, even as a second ruckman, he would not get a game in any team as a first ruck? He might get a gig at an Essendon because Bell Chambers has had injuries as well. Mm. Obviously, our boy, Andrew Phillips, is there now and they're looking him to, to Did he be play the yesterday? No, Bell no. Chambers got up for round yeah. one, which, which floored me. And I'm in a couple of super coach leagues <laughs> where, you know, from a drafting perspective, I was picking Andrew Phillips yeah. with confidence, thinking he'd clearly be number one and he didn't get a game in round one. But in, look, in light of... I, I don't think he gets a game anywhere else. I don't. He's he, terrible. He might get a game up in Sydney because Naismith was mm. coming off his knee, but Maybe. he looked okay. If they want to use Callum Sinclair as a key forward only when Buddy Franklin hasn't been playing, then maybe he's there as a backup. But there's precious few others are going to take him. I want to give a RFI to old mate Tony Sheehan, whose tweet yesterday or the day before, whatever it was, was embarrassing. Basically having a crack at uh, Matty's sort of mental aptitude to deal with the setbacks he's been dealt. The stat's been doing the rounds. He's played 180-odd games. He's missed 80 through injury. He's obviously going to miss... However many in this next patch, you know, stretch of footy, we don't know what the number will be, but it'll, it'll be sort of ninety plus, you know, and counting, um, and and had a crack at Maddie's, you know, ability to he's saying he's sort of uh, psychosomatic that he's, you know, as a hypochondriac type, it's all in the mind. You've broken your foot, Tony. <laughs> Tony, he's done an ACL. Uh, he's done, which is massive for a guy like him. Uh, he's broken his foot here. He's had those hip problems. He had a foot problem, a bursa problem. Yeah you know, the heart issue, whatever. The one thing you could never accuse Matty Cruiser of is taking a backward step. Absolutely. And to, to come out and insinuate, oh, he's, you know, maybe he's, he's just got to get over it and they've got to get a shrink to talk to him was so offensive yes, cor- that I actually hope someone at the club gave him a ring yep. and said, pull your fucking head in. Yeah. I don't care who your old man is. Yeah. Fucking just honestly, what is it? I, I saw it and I didn't get, not angry because it was so embarrassingly bad that you went, that's nonsense. Yeah. Have a crack at Matty Cruiser for durability, perhaps. But don't don't pot him on, oh, you, you could probably be out there if you had the heart. My God. And, and I guess that's the problem is is everybody sees the effort. They see the work rate in training and in footy. Like He is, he is relentless. What he would have relentless played through. Relentless and competitive and what he's prepared to do. What he would have played through throughout his career. Oh, exactly right. Would dwarf and, any other, well, most players in the league. And the reaction when you saw him on the ground. Because yeah. when it all happened, you've gone, ah, oh, shit, ankle problem, that's not good. You've rolled it, but you've gone. So long as there isn't any bone damage in the ankle... Mm. You thought he's he'll miss a month, and it, it's that same month that Betts probably isn't yeah. playing, and it's a setback. But you're going, but we'll get him back. But the look on his face—he looked in, and I use the thing on our. He's on a our, bloke who's had a foot injury before. Well, and I think he knew. I use the example on our group text, and I vividly remember Wayne Rooney did it in a game. It was 2006 yep. at Stamford Bridge, very very late in the year. United playing Chelsea, and he'd already broken his foot at Euro 2004, done the metatarsal, but he did it again against Chelsea, um, and the look on his face, it's funny, when you find out that Cruz has broken a metatarsal, I immediately thought of Rooney. Yes. 
And Rooney was in agony. Yep. And you just went, once again, I remember, you know, being against Chelsea, uh, World Cup coming up. Um, what's his for? Um, John Terry and Frank Lampard were standing like next to him, like can really concerned. Yeah, yeah. And they're standing there sort of going, geez, are you okay? Because you're a massive part of what we hope to achieve. But it just re- re- reminded me of that moment where you thought, once you know he's broken his foot, you went, well, the amount of pain he was in makes perfect sense. Makes sense so yeah. um, obviously in light of Cruz, look, people are talking about, is that it? That's not it for him. He'll, I've got no doubt he'll play for us again um, and get over it. Um, not get over it, but I've got no doubt he'll run out for us again. Uh, we have to get him to 200 games. Well, he's, he's by been, hook or by crook. He's been too good of a servant for our footy club to not. I will there. carry him myself. <laughs> like we have to get him there because yeah. he has been an absolute warrior yep. for us since day one. Um, and to anyone, someone I saw some comment about him being a bust or something. If we didn't pick him at one, what picks he going at, Tim? He's going at two. He's going at two. Yeah. So all this bullshit. It's nothing to do with that. He's been an absolute champion for us, um, and there's no doubt he'll be back. The chat about who comes in to replace him, <clears throat> I get that there's a lot of Carlton fans. We're two of them. They've got big hopes for Tom DeConning. It's Mark Pitnett. Without doubt. I mean, I, I love Tom DeConning. I, you look at his size, his shape, his movement, what he brings to the table. You're going, you are a, you're a ruckman. You, you, you can pinch hit forward. You can do other stuff, but you're going to be a really good ruckman for us. And... He's not ready to rock an AFL He's not level. ready. He's flat out. He is not ready. And 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 look, he's going to be a massive victim of circumstance because with no VFL being played, he doesn't get the opportunity. Because because even this is a massive year for him. Wasn't it? on paper you went. This well, is a well, great did, year. And if he didn't, if we didn't have the cruiser injury, and we were playing VFL, chances are he probably would have spent more time forward. Potentially, yeah. Now because of the way that it's played out, if we did have VFL, he'd be rucking galore. And they'd just be, he'd be Hamish McIntosh yeah. and Josh Fraser's pet project and saying, this this is what you've got to do. Keep doing this, keep doing that, keep doing the other thing. I made the um, comment with, with regard to Pitnet that there is, no, I don't think there's anyone in the country as an understudy more better prepared than Mark Pitnet. He's, he's done a fantastic apprenticeship at VFL level for a number of years now. He's had a little bit of a taste of AFL football. This guy has done the development work we need Tom DeConning to do. Yep. Um, and Tom DeConning will do, but he, he, it's, it's Pitnet. What will be interesting with Pitnet, and, and everything that you say is completely correct, he is ready to go now. Yep. We did the trade knowing that you had currency now. You knew that all things going well, given that we were going to be playing Levi, was that he either plays, <laughs> this sounds dumb, he either plays as the number <laughs> one ruck or he doesn't. Yep. Um, He's not going to be a second ruck in a game of footy. So, no. Um, but you thought he'll be fantastic as backup, but he can play if we need him to. Well, he is now where chips in on pit net. We're now. throwing him the ball, Timbo. Very much so. Get us and, a wicket, big man. And then, but what will be interesting is because he's never played week in, week mm. out senior footy, there is the possibility that he may play three, miss one, Potentially. and let the body rest. And you know, when he comes up against really big bodies, he, he, he just might be sore at the end of it. And then that's the chance for DeConning to get the blood yeah. in. But, and look, in my experience, um, had a not a little bit of contact with Pitnet in my, my time at Box Hill. Great character, great guy, super competitor. Yep. Um, he will be licking his lips 
at the opportunity that's in front of him. Oh, and he'd be devastated that Cruz oh, has no, gone absolutely. down, but he's gone. Absolutely. Okay, this is what we're here for. He'd be sitting there going, I've been brought in to do this job. I've got the next block of weeks to be the number one man. And he would know that De Conning's knocking on the door. No, totally. But he'd be sitting there going, this is my chance. This is what I've come here for, to be number one ruck, to come in, you know, that understudy. This is my, my opportunity. And, and I've got full confidence he'll give a really good account of himself. Like you said, I saw him in that box hill go head-to-head with... He played an absolutely magnificent game on Todd Goldstein one day when, when Goldstein was playing for uh, Werribee, I think it was at the time. Yep. Um, well, North might have had their own standalone. But he played Goldstein and beat him. Didn't pull his pants down, but the big takeaway from the game was you've beaten an All-Australian Ruckman. Yep. Out of form, whatever, we can make the excuses. But belief. But you've beat him. You've gone head-to-head with a really well-credentialed opponent you know, true one-on-one and got the better of him. So we watched that with interest, but we'll wait and see, I suppose. And I think the one thing that we chatted about off-pod, um, anyone who watched the footy Friday night and saw oh, what Brody Grundy yep. did to uh, a young, developing, but very, very capable Tim English, sometimes the gulf between the best and the uh, developing is massive. And, and, and English is a development-wise well ahead of De Conning. Well ahead of De Conning. And, and that's the thing. We we all see what De Conning is going to be, but we don't want to break him early. So, again, I get why people are saying we want to see him in there because the sooner you see the finished product that is Tom De Conning, the better off we'll be as a footy team. Yep. But rushing a kid at that stage can do more harm than good. So, totally agree. So, again, if there's, if there's weeks that we have to play TDK, Stick him in, no dramas. And he, I think he will be the second ruck. Oh, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Or a 50-50. Yep. You know, so um, we'll wait and see with that. It's an, it's an interesting development they'll have to deal with. So with regard to a bit of chatter out of the game, there was goals from free kicks. Now, we don't need to go through them individually, but Timbo, we were told we kicked eight goals from free kicks. You and I independently went through the replay, me to cut up the highlights, and you obviously just watched the replay, um, as most of us would have done. I can only find seven. There is only seven. I can only find seven goals from free kicks. And more to the point, Timbo. They were all there. They were all there. And they were obvious. And 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 this comment this commentary that's coming through that's saying umpires are seeking to have a greater level of control, create opportunities, make sure there's more scoring. That's what it is. Look, and, and it might be the case, but any umpire charged with the responsibility of seeing that game on Thursday night is pulling out exactly the free kicks that we were paid. I, I think we looked at it and we sort of said maybe the only one that you could argue might have been play on was um, when Liam Baker mm. took um, Martin front on in... Um, Very briefly. Yeah, and, and as it was, um, Jack Silvani took the mark anyway. So so Silvani would have had the shot from where Martin had the shot 20-odd metres out. Exactly. He'd right. probably back him to kick it. Well, he needs to be kicking that one. He, he, he kicked the one in the first quarter, yes. which, again, he needed to, which was great because, I mean, I, I still hark back to the day Jack Silvani kicked seven for Victoria against WA in the under-18 national championship, and he was deadly. And the whole time I've always gone, Jack can seriously kick the footy. We're going to speak about this later. And in games of football throughout his career, I found Jack to be a little bit unreliable. But but the funny thing with Jack is if he ever misses, he only ever misses by a little bit. Mm. Whereas, you know, we've all been on the the Levi Casbolt, you know, um, train and journey that he's taken us on. Yep. When Levi misses, Levi can miss. Oh, shakes it was Paddy Dowstock by a space. Yeah. Um. But yeah, look with the free kicks. I'll, I'll, just before we move on, you are spot on. 
the directive is clearly to pay the ones that are there. No, don't manufacture a free kick that's not there, but be vigilant. Pay the ones that are there. We've lost 20% game time. Last year, we implemented radical measures to improve scoring. It resulted in the lowest scoring season in 50 years or whatever it was. Yep. We're losing 20% game time already. We need to manufacture goals. If there's well, it's, something it's there... It's going to be costing us goals, yeah. If there's yep. something there, pick it, pay it. Hopefully, they'll kick the goal and yep. scoring can be maintained. Um, on to shout-outs now. This is where we're just going to pick out some uh, some superb performances and in no particular order. Um, so we're not going sort of top to bottom here, but um, we're going to start out with the debutant, Jack Martin, who was absolutely super. We'd seen a glimpse of him in the preseason in flashes, uh, and this was the total package. This was exactly what we'd recruited. This is exactly what we pursued. Um, 17 touches, kicked his four goals all in the third quarter. Could have ended up with one or two more. Definitely. Um, but having said that, his, his goal uh, on the on the snap was, su- was super. Yeah, it was um, just, he, he just said, I'm... I'm impacting this game. I'm I'm showing the football world what I can do, and I'm getting this team going. And anyone and thinking, why did you go get him? He's saying, all class. Here is exhibit A. All class. So when we, I watched him um, in the warm up before the, uh, the the Brisbane yep. game, and he was taking a couple of set shots down at the Legend Stand end, and he was taking them from about thirty where he was kicking his goals from the other night. And Cameron Ling touched on it as well. When you watched him, he'd line it up and he 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 his run up is very slow, very deliberate, but very balanced. So relaxed. It's just so relaxed. He just is just not phased by anything and he just goes through. You know, like to use a cricket thing, I've used a couple of them inadvertently. It's effective, so we're not criticizing it. But you know, Smith at the crease is very fidgety. Yes. Because that's his thing. He's he's Correct. switched on. He's very he's he's alive and he's looking around. He's sharp. Yep. He's you know got him. My pads are right and you know, the bat handle and whatever. Well, Jack Martin's the antithesis of that. He's as he as, as he walks into goal, he's just very comfortable. Yep. This is my routine. Yeah. Um, pays dividends. Look, he was absolutely super. I'm going to talk a little bit more about him with the votes. We are on a time limit here, Timbo. So I say the following name with trepidation. Jacob Wiedering. He did have a good game, didn't he? To, to Best be able game to... for the club? Sorry, say again? Best game for the club? Yeah, I think so. He, he had a couple of games where he pushed forward and he was very... A couple of years ago. I like that. He and he was very central stuff. to the way that we played. But first year, he always seemed to be in the right spot mm. and he'd read the play, but he wasn't going up against a direct opponent. Do you want some good stats? Give them to I, me. I do apologise to the man on Twitter who put this stat out. I meant to grab his name. Um, Carlton fans who saw it will know it. I, I don't like doing it without uh, attribution. Um, eight one-on-ones, one seven of them. Yes. Which is a phenomenal performance. That's to win them, not just halve them, whatever. Yep. Um, and he kept Lynch to zero marks for the first time since round 11, 2014. Incredible. Which is a magnificent stat. And yep. also was a, another little follow-up. It's a long time ago. People forget. It was a wet night. It was a bit willing out there. Kept Tom Hawkins goalless in round 23 last year as well. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, we, we've always talked about our expectations and what we've seen, how we've seen him developing um, and he, the, the, the body's filling out. It's the confidence in himself. He knows that he, he now not, not only belongs, he knows that he's the match or better of Anybody comes up. I think he's getting to the point now where, in the team meeting, in the old you know the old days it's it would have been worse, but nowadays it's Aaron Norton this week, last week it's Tom Lynch and Jacobs going he's mine. Yep, good, got him. You put my put his hand up, going want him. 
Absolutely. Which Absolutely. is, and he's look, he's not, you know, even Stephen Silvani had his colours lowered here and there. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. He's what is he, 22? 22. 22 is showing us what he's got. Pre season, he was moving, um, uh, What's his name? Um, Cox from uh, Mason Cox. Yes. I wanted to call him Martin for some reason. Martin Cox. Um, so, but Mason Cox, just he's just moving yeah. him out of the way. So, And we've always looked at the body shape and he's got enormous legs. Oh, massive. Like the quads. They're, they're redwoods. They, they, are, they were monstrous when we got him, but it's just the cores filled out. He's a stronger guy, but when he sort of really plants and he tries to move a guy, geez, he does it well. Yeah, look, the concern, clearly teams will try to exploit pace on the lead. Yep. That'll be the, the knock and that'll be what they'll try to... But we can we can be clever around nullifying that or concealing that because everyone knows it's there. It's, yep. It's not like they've uncovered the, oh, this is the, the herbs and spices to nullify Jacob Wiedering. We all know what it is. Yep. But look, unbelievable start, massive uh, effort on opening night. Um, we've forecast a big year for him and it, and it looks like he's ready for one. The other massive performance for me, big Levi. We spoke when Cruz goes down, we are in all sorts. It's his efforts, his performance on the night that kept us competitive. It, the result could have been anything yep. once Cruiser went down. He and, got the Fabian yep. Fubber-Ganoush tap on the shoulder, the middle of the MCG, <laughs> all those years ago in the Herald Sun Shield. It's you, Fab. You're up to go against Drew Petrie. He got the tap on the shoulder that you're, it's you. You're up. And he was fantastic. Yep. Yep. You know, kicked his two goals as well. Um, the only shame, you know, I think it was his birthday recently. The only shame is you sit there going, you are, you, you have found yourself as an yep. AFL footballer. You've just turned thirty. Yep. You still got a couple of years in you. Going, the only shame is whether it be the pennies dropped or whatever the planets have aligned. It's just happened at the tail end of your career. It's a little bit like Lee Brown at Collingwood. Yeah, a little you know, bit. He went pick five in the draft, was always highly rated. He was always going to be a full back. Yep. And then he had this renaissance at Collingwood where they pushed him forward. Footy smarts kept him current. He'd put forward pressure on. He'd compete. And then they throw him in the ruck as well. And he was he was the perfect footballer for what they needed at that yep. point in he, time. He was the round pig for the round hole. Yeah. They just went, yeah, it's you. Yep. And he did the job. Um, special, really brief shout-out too as well, too, after a super tough start, uh, Liam Jones. Um, Jack Rewalt was electric early. Kicked, <laughs> which, which, which must hurt you but to but say, because I know you're not a... But you sit there and you go, he kicked three goals. Yeah. Fair play to him, credit to him. He, had he six, nullified him thereafter. He had six touches. Yeah. Six yeah, touches wow. for the night. Wow. So you sit there and go, filled his boots early when yep. they were there to be filled. You yep. know, the classic English... Which is what Richmond did. Richmond Spot took on. the opportunities when they were there. There were some terrific marks taken by Jack Revolt, yep. either on the lead, in a contest. There was one where he took a... He just was smart enough to get Liam Jones out of the way, gave him a push, gave himself space, and Liam just didn't have the space no. then. He just wasn't close enough to be able to impact the contest. But the response after that... Tricky start yep. was fantastic. Which, again, will do wonders for him and, and the guy that deals with him as a line coach and they review the tape, he'll, he will say, right, you've been pants to this point um, and you haven't necessarily made mistakes. No. Just a good player has played well and then from here onwards you've you've owned him uh, and done everything that you've asked him to do. So the, the other Another really good standout, a fantastic performance for us, Samo. Um off the back of the contest, he just looked magnificent. And and it was probably only volume lacking. Yep. Like he, he seemed, he, he was never missing. I think he had finished with about 20-odd. Yeah, okay, well, that's pretty good. Which isn't bad, but look, he was 
but it's the class and the finish and the poise that we're, we're saying we need. Hit the hit the kicks that needed to yep. be hit, yep. um, short or or inside. Yep. Um, he's never been a super duper penetrating kick, no. but a little bit like a Caleb Daniel just picks the right kick. And um, and, and that's half the problem sometimes, isn't it? If you've made the right decision then it's just about execution. And even with relatively poor execution, it can still get to where you yeah. need to get to if it's the right kick. Whereas sometimes it, you know, kicks come off in games, but sometimes you go, that wasn't the right call. Somebody else has made you look better than what your decision actually was. He might be one of the best, and we're once again through Carlton glasses, we see it a lot closer than others, but he might be one of the best off zero prep players going around. Unfortunately, he's had to do it too often for my liking, but it, it just still, you know, whets the appetite oh. of, geez, when you are 100% and you're continuity. up and going, you're going to be a scary footballer. And he's, he's, he's our little sort of project that we've got going on in the background that because of a few additional draft picks that have come in in recent years, the wider football world kind of mm. sleeps on a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think there's going to be a rude, when Carlton come good, there's going to be a few people that are going, geez, they've got a few more better players than and I, I actually gave them credit for. And we'll all sit there and go, yeah. we've been saying it for four years. So. Speaking, you gave me a bit of a segue just before scary players, Patrick Cripps. <laughs> it feels um, feels awful to have him this far down the shout-outs list, to be honest, but such is his own high standards and, and the standards to which he consistently performs. So it begins, though, we saw in the aftermath he wasn't uh, in 3AW's best five players on the ground. Uh, Fox sort of diminished his involvements in his efforts. Let me just rattle off some stats for you, Timbo. This is Patrick Cripps' night on Thursday. Game high, 31 touches. In 20% less game time. Game high, 17 contested disposals. Game high, 10 clearances, five more than any other player on the ground. A game high, eight centre clearances, four more than any other player on the ground. A team high, seven inside 50s. Uh, Second best score involvements of any player on the ground with nine, one behind Jack Martin. But yeah. Not on the best five on the ground, according to Lee Matthews. Might be time for Lee to give it away. Well, it just makes you wonder what your um, the way you see the game going into it. We because sp- philosophically, if you cannot recognise that performance, it's phenomenal. Like Bruce McAvaney, and and Bruce Bruce can carry on a little bit, but he was saying in the last quarter, he said, "I know it's too early to start talking about it, but do you give three votes to?" Patrick Cripps on this performance because I he, think it's he or recognised his influence. I think it's he or Prestia was best player on the ground. And and the funny thing is Prestia won't get recognised no. for that. Like some people, Nick Revolt was still trying to give Dustin Martin nah. BOG and nah. you're going, you do realise it was Jack Martin that kicked those four goals it's, and not it's Dustin. Absurd. And, but this is what we saw when Cripps has had a good year last year, fantastic, and then you start to get the, the pushback. Yep. And the yep. media start driving the narrative. Yeah, but is he a good kick? Oh, does he use it well? He is a superstar. Yep. And he was central to our fight back on the on Thursday night. He was absolutely enormous. And those stats, stats can be a little bit misleading, but what more do you want him to be doing? You can't do anything more than and that. And the other key point I want to make, Timbo, if he played forward the percentage of game time that Dustin Martin does, he would kick two or three a week. He would. He, he would be Supposing a, we could get the ball to him. Well, <laughs> that's the caveat, isn't it? You know, we, we always used to talk about Chris Tarrant playing for, uh, for for Collingwood. He'd take a mark on the wing but needed to kick it to Chris Tarrant. Yeah. Um, if Cripper does get to have that stage in his career where he gets to, in inverted commas, rest forward... Um, in a six, especially in a six-six-six setup, and Dusty did it on Plowman at one stage in the last. He quarter. would do that damage. He would destroy blokes. And, he would and, do it. And who do you put on him? You can make an argument, Tim. If Mackay 
Kuno, McGovern, and Cripps are playing forward, Cripps might get the number one defender. They may need to. You could make Absolutely. that argument. Because, so, and God forbid if they don't, um, what will they like? They just say they couldn't put a th- two or three on him. Oh, who's a well, bit you small? Ju- you would just sit there and you're going. Everyone would recognise the matchup and say you just got to kick it there. You just go to the goal square. And e- everybody moves. Everybody, you know, that's your one on one. So we'll go quickly through the rest. Uh, we've got a couple of other names here. Mark Murphy. I thought Murph had a really strong second half in particular. He did um, absolutely. Really good. Uh, led led you know that experience and that. Yep. Tenure and time in the game, I thought he was great. Skills were a little bit sketchy at times. He wasn't yep. alone there. But got caught a couple of times, but they were trying to physically manhandle yeah. him. But his but work he, rate... He stood up to it and got the free kicks that he should have been get, getting. There probably should have been a couple of 50-metre oh. penalties paid to Did him you? as well. And we'll touch, we might touch on 50-metre penalties yeah, that were paid maybe. against us and the impact they had on the game and the timing of the game. Well, we certainly were not looked after look, I, to I th- that same end. Totally. I, look, I thought Murph was a key reason. You know, we found some traction... And then forward momentum. And we talk and about the composure again. You know, totally. when, when he's the guy that has ball in hand and can distribute hit inside 50, we're a better side when he's comfortable. How much better does he look this time or now than he did last, last year. this time Agreed. last year? Agreed. He's actually picked up where he finished off Night last and year and he looks like he's going to keep, keep going. Special shout out, of course, due to uh, Doherty. Um, like we said, he had, had uh, 26, looked assured. Um, Calm under that intense pressure, particularly early. He'll have those ups and downs. We've spoken about it. He'll have ups and downs in this season as he as he gets back into the swing of things. But um, hasn't missed a beat. Yep. By the looks of it, and, and we don't want it. We don't want it. You've you've been you've been big on pumping the brakes. You know, we don't want to we don't want to go too hard too soon and say he's back to that all Australian form because that's that's a, he was operating at such a high level, but really heartening on Thursday. Well, it was far better than I could have hoped for at this stage, and that's just sensational. And now, Timbo, here's another... I say this name again with great trepidation. He only had the eight touches. He played in a very unconventional role for him. David Cunningham, playing out of the goal square predominantly, kicked his couple of goals. He snatched at one late, which would have been the icing on the cake for him with three, but did some really good work attacking the ball on the hit-up, usually on the ground. Um, played a leading hand in Nunes' goal when he attacked he did, the ball, yes. won the half volley, kept us alive in the contest. Look, like I said, only had the eight touches, but he had three or four opportunities to kick goals. Yeah, that left footer in the last quarter when um, when I think Martin gave that one to him yeah. as well, didn't he? Um, he's that's the goal I expect him to kick. Yeah. So I was I was disappointed for him that the finish wasn't there because he kicks that goal. It's there's still heaps of time and anything could have happened, but he bobs up, he's there, he's classy. He did enough really good things yeah. with those eight touches and pressure and the like to go, you've done your job. Yeah, and look, there were a lot of guys on the ground that from a volume perspective didn't get enough of the footy. Mm. You could put Cunningham in that group, yep. but I think if you're going to be starting the guy out of the goal square, the supply just isn't going to be there the way that you no. need it to be. So deep. Exactly yeah. right. And, and particularly, so, he did a few when he let out and he, he wasn't getting the disposal, but... He's creating space. Creating space. He might have he might have um, half-volleyed it and kept it alive or, yep. or the like. So, But then he gets to be able to double back yeah. and be front and centre. And, and we've seen how clean he can be with his hands totally. and his pickups and all of that and his finish. So having having him down there... I will always, I will always think we're a, we look more dangerous with him there. The million dollar question is going to be on the back of Martin kicking four, and at some stage getting bets back. 
is what is the David Cunningham role in and around that and how do we make it work? Totally. And, and I think that's just something that we we learn as the season. And we I think we learn it for ourselves as a club, not just us as a group of people. Totally, um, totally. Just see where we will be. Um, and then before we move on to the room for improvements, the RFIs, I think it looks, we said it earlier, Tigers more or less at full strength. So it's important to consider whilst they are just numbers, the raw numbers are encouraging. We had more inside 50s, more clearances, contested possessions, time in possession, more marks, more intercept marks. We turned the ball over fewer times. So they are raw numbers, but they do speak to just an execution needs to be cleaned up because Absolutely. on paper, playing the best team in the competition, that's not bad reading. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, room for improvements. You know, just a couple here, pretty straightforward. We're not here to pot anyone, but worth having the discussion. Tackles, we only finished with 23. Um, to be as competitive as we were in the second half with a number that low is do you take the positive and the negative? Yep. The negative clearly is, well, that number needs to be higher. The, the, the pressure there, the pressure rating needs to be a lot better than that. Um, we spoke about composure and execution. That's another RFI just to clean that up a little bit. The numbers support us doing a lot of things right. Yep. But just finishing that off and getting the reward, as we spoke about, is is such a massive difference between the two teams on Thursday and the best and the worst teams. Yep. Who gets full freight for winning that clearance, for creating that overlap run, for exposing the defence in transition? The Tigers. You're going to have the football at some point in yep. time. It's what what will you do with it then? We saw how well Collingwood set up defensively and just denied Western Bulldogs yeah, any suffocated chance to be able to move the ball quickly at all. Yeah, absolutely. And and we've we've played really well against Western Bulldogs last year. Yeah. You know, in I mean we fell behind a couple of times by a decent margin the second time round. Um, but this is a side that I think that we can we can handle if we play well. Um, but the one thing that you know they they would they will try and run through us. And, we've got to be and, clever too with guys like. Um, Alex Keith in particular didn't have a stellar night on Friday night, but we just we can't just kick long bomb in no. particularly if Casbolt's going to be doing a bit of rucking as well. That's exactly. We've right. we got to be really mindful of how we move the ball. But obviously the other room for improvement. Um, we had a couple of passengers on the night. Paddy Dow, Gibbons, and Setterfield had just the twenty touches between them. Yep. Um, so that clearly is not good enough. Yep. You know we need to need to have them getting forty minimum. Yep. If you sit there going, we've had a good day. I thought Walsh ran well on he the did, night, absolutely. But, but I thought he lacked polish a couple of times. And you hear everybody that's wanting to talk about, you know, how is he rated next to Rosie and Bailey Smith and all that sort of stuff. It might have actually been the worst game he's ever played for Carlton. Maybe. He was still good. He was still all right. But, but it wasn't his best performance. But if you get a contribution from Walsh um, greater than that every week that he plays, well... He found it. Finding it wasn't the problem. That's right. Um, he a couple of times it looked like he just he took an extra step. Too much, yeah. And he's I sort agree. of thinking, just no, nah, just keep it simple. Yep. Just keep it simple. Like you, you know, you've got the right idea. You're trying to make something happen, but well, you can turn a composed kick into suddenly a rushed kick. Yeah. And that and first if, if, option, Timbo. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Um, right. So we fingers crossed those three. You know, we we just need to get some more out of them, and whether one or two or I think they'll be in the gun this week. You know, without the pressure coming up from below from a VFL point of view, whether they pull the trigger will be interesting to observe. Yep. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see some outs just based on, on those performances on Thursday night. Um, I thought Ed Kernow was a little bit sluggish. Um, Fabian made the point in the text, and it was, it was funny when he did because I'd literally said something to Dad about five minutes earlier. So it was funny when that text came through. I thought we're on the same page because yeah. he just... 
that running power didn't quite seem to be there. He was looked like he was on Cochin at times, but Cochin sort of got off the chain a little bit. He just didn't seem to have the the oomph. Whether that's a consequence, he had the injury against Brisbane late yeah, in the marsh. Yeah, whether yeah. he was a little bit underdone, yeah, he's got enough credits in the bank. Oh, totally. From a totally. performance and work rate point of view, but he had one bit of in, in that five minutes or so where we were really pressing at the start of the second quarter. He had one where he tried to hit Casbolt on an inside fifty. Yeah. Casbolt was all on his own yeah. and all he had to do was hit the target and he put it over the top of him and you just sort of sat there and you just sort of thought, you don't get that many opportunities against uh, the Richmond. So. Look, and and we're, we're fully aware and Ed would be fully aware that from a purely skill or ability orientated point of view, he's always going to be on the lip. Look, he is. But from a not, work rate point of view, yep, that's yep. where his strength is, a running power, the ability to compete. He just looked a little bit off and when you're a little bit off... Um, you know, it becomes obvious, but uh, and there was one other one I really felt sorry for him. He tackled Ivan Soldo. Mm-hmm. It was actually when um, oh, was that when he handballed it to himself? Yeah, he, yeah. he got tackled. He was wrapped up in the middle of the ground. He'd had an opportunity to get rid of it. He sort of handballed it up and sort of regathered it, and then got rid of it. And you thought, at what point? At what like your job as a as a tackler is to be able to retard the player mm-hmm. if he's had prior opportunity needs to get, needs to get rid of it straight away. He ultimately regathered and he got rid of it. So they couldn't say it was incorrect disposal. But at what point has he had it long enough that it's just flat out holding the ball? And and that disappointed me. I don't want to fall was... down the inconsistent umpire no, no, rabbit I, hole, Timbo. I, I, I get you. It was just it was one of those things when you started looking at it. Because we of could names talk and, about a lot of them. Well well game games and individual player performances can balance on a knife totally. edge. And if he hits the Casbolt target, if he gets rewarded for the tackle on yeah. Soldo it doesn't create, you know, because out of that one was the one where the ball then went inside 50 and, and Jack Revolt took one of his really good marks and yeah. he played on straight away the Castagna in the goal square. Well, you pay, and, and you, you know what the, the quintessential, you know, if moment is. Uh, Sam was, Walsh? No, that was the goal where the next ruck contest is when Cruiser busted his foot. Oh, yeah, so sliding you, doors. Sliding doors. Demo. Exactly. You you get, you pay the hole in the ball, which is completely justified. Matty Cruiser's fifth metatarsal's intact. <laughs> correct, correct. So you just sit there and you're going, oh, I, you'll torture yourself if you do it too much, but I thought the I, irony out of all of that and the impact on our season was massive. I've got the one from our first quarter. I'm pretty sure it was first quarter. Sam Walsh marks the ball at centre-half forward, isn't paid, oh. ball rebounds, Kane Lambert was off. He was gone. Just and be sensible. Even I'm not even saying... Reset the mark. Just reset the mark. Correct. Just say, if I'm Agreed. the umpire, I'd almost go, you're pretty close, Kane. Well, because you sit... Yeah, exactly you'd right. Go, you go, I could just have easily called play you're on. You're almost off. You're almost off. Um, but hey, Cade had to retard you. What if and, the umpire has a bit equally, of fun with it? What if the umpire has a bit of fun with it and says, said, I reckon you're off. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yep. Go and reset, reset the mark. Them. And if Kane Lambert's still good enough to kick the goal, at least have the goal. But it's not it's not one on the goal line. You just give all the momentum back. Yeah. So I've yeah. got uh, I've got a quick question for you before we wrap up the RFIs. Yeah. Um, Kate Simpson and, and Jack Nunes were okay. You know, you made an excellent point off pod about Simo's work rate and his running patterns were still very strong. Yep. And and he was fine. He had a couple of little gaffes here and there. Everyone did. You know, Jack Nunes was uh, okay. He was yep. he was unobtrusive. He was okay. Would you rather? us put game time into a Williamson or a Stocker and just wear the ups and downs of their development, particularly in light of there being no VFL football, I, I, I'm bearing to yes. Match committee this season, if everything stays the way that it is right now, is is really challenging. There'd be because some robust discussions. 
And there has to be, because you, you can't have the same bloke sitting on the sidelines week in, week out, just doing match practice. Yeah. Because the moment you do pull the trigger and say, Tom, you're in, mm. is he gonna is he actually going to be ready because he hasn't been in the thrust and parry of genuine game time pressure? And the question then becomes what we need to see yeah. from Lockie O'Brien this week, from Stocker, from Williamson, is they need to be on the track. They need to be Josh the- DeLuca-style redlining <laughs> 130%. Running at 130% capacity <laughs> because that's how they're going to get a game. It's their only opportunity. It's the only levers they have to pull. And So it's an interesting query. It's just yeah. one of those questions I ask myself where I'm thinking, not a slide on, on either of those two players whose contributions on the night were fine. Yep. They weren't outstanding. They weren't I really poor. liked Simpson's game. And, and, and as we said off pod, there was a couple of bits of play where there was some really genuine manic running by Simpson running through the corridor to try and link up yeah. and change the point of attack, which in modern day football you absolutely need. And if nothing else makes his opponent accountable. Oh, look, absolutely. And and Looks the, great on the down-the-ground footage as well, well the Simo in the, in the review. Yeah, well, it was the one when Mitch McGovern took the hanger on the wing and he turned to look inside as he'd come back off his mark. And, and he was clear and he was open. And they genuinely, at that absolute instant, there was no risk of in- intercept. And he could have missed the kick by a, a couple of metres here or there and Simpson would have still gotten the ball. And it just, it would have really put pressure on Richmond's back line. But you, and, and you know what you've got to do too against a team like Richmond? Not everyone plays like Richmond, but their half forwards are pretty unaccountable in transition. Yep. They want the ball to rebound back out. Yeah, and they if want it, the slingshot. And if it yeah. does, you're in all sorts. So yep, if, you absolutely. Can, if you can punish that lack of accountability, you have to. But um, that's it for the RFIs. Look, there's a few more. We don't want to get bogged down in, in all the negatives because, like we said, a bit of perspective. Richmond are an excellent team. Um, yep. They put us to the sword early when they had the opportunities to do so. The fight back was uh, admirable. Yep. Um, and to sit here and say we didn't play any good footy would be folly just as equally to say there aren't things that we need to improve on would be silly, but um, let's be the glass half full this week and and look at it on its merits. And it will be interesting to see how Teague goes about it because, again, he inherited a team last year and a game plan. He tried to tweak it a little bit to make it work for himself and got good results. Now he gets to genuinely um, uh, sort of build take own, accountability yeah. for performances and, and, and then try and massage the outcomes that he needs. And, and it was terrific that... His very first opportunity, you know, they sort of said, you played good footy, and he just said, yeah, but we didn't win. Totally. And, and, that's, and he, the message and is important, isn't it? It's black and white. It's saying we're in the business of winning games that's football, not, and we're good enough to do it. If you think about Bolts, Bolts would always lean into the more the process-driven, yeah. and the result wasn't unimportant, but they were always keen to say that the result was, it's not the be-all and end-all. Yeah. The performance will equal a result. And, and it's absolutely correct. You, But... You, you but can't be winning 40 or 44. This is exactly right. And yeah. people still swallowing that. Yeah. So, no. uh, but look, I, I did like Tiggy's messaging. It was good. Um, moving on now, we're going to obviously wrap up. Uh, we have the Prenders, the, our awards. So just a bit of a state of play with how that went. Thank you to everybody who um, participated and contributed. We obviously had four different categories. Uh, just to briefly explain player of the day. Um, so each of Tim, myself, and Faber Ganoush will cast our three, two, and one. We then put the uh, a poll, I suppose, out to the uh, our listeners and the fans who then vote their three, two, and one. All of those three, two, and ones are collated or aggregated to then form a fourth set of votes. So on the weekend, uh, the fans voted. Uh, Jack Martin was our best player. They got, he got 85. Cripps finished on 83. Weedering uh, was on 63. Levi, 11. Doc got six votes. Samo was desperately unlucky. He just got the one vote. He was really wow. good. 
uh, and Jack Silvani got one vote as well. Um, so that created the three, two, and one of Martin Cripps Wiedering. Yep. Um, I voted for Levi Cripps Wiedering. Timbo voted Wiedering Cripps Martin, uh, and Fab went Martin Cripps and Levi. So you pointed out, Timbo, it's quite funny. Nobody had Cripper as best on, but he ends up getting eight of the possible 12 votes just purely because of consistency. Four twos, yeah. Um, so the final voting for this weekend was uh, eight to Cripps, seven to Martin, Wiedering on five, and uh, Levi on four. Which, Which they were the four standout players, and, and when you're giving a 3 two, one each time, someone had to miss, which was... Um, oh, it broke my heart to, to not have Jack Martin. Yeah. Like, I, I did the three and went, fucking don't know, Martin. Well, I went, well, Wiedering was outstanding. Yep. I, I absolutely loved Levi's sacrificial game when he went in and kept as competitive, as I said. And, well, Cripps was outstanding as well. And it does sometimes come back to frame of reference yes. where, you know, we've had too many games, both Richmond and Gold Coast, where Tom Lynch has been oh, a, an totally. absolute thorn in our side and, and not only beaten us, but absolutely destroyed us. So to see Weedering, a guy that we've always been waiting for to do what he can do, to have that game against what has been something of our nemesis. Um, and that was very much I, my... I, I jumped all over it. And uh, and, and it's, it's a lot of what you want to see as well. I've been bold saying I think Weedering is good enough to be the All-Australian centre-half back. So I guess in a way I'm probably a little bit biased to say I, want, I really want to recognise that performance. He's your boy. Well, I think he is. I think he always has been. Him and Cunners. Him and Cunners. Yeah, they're, they're the project footballers. But so no, um, It's an excellent point you made. You, you, we sit there having witnessed firsthand Tom Lynch do demolition jobs on us and to sit there and watch him be one of the worst least... Rend- rendered impotent almost. Spot on. You sit there and go, you have to reward that. You have to. So for me, Jack, like I said, Jack Martin was desperately unlucky not to feature in, and I love Samo's game. Yeah. I thought Samo was outstanding. And if you had a five, a five, he's in it. Yep. Without breaking a sweat. So, uh, like I said, thank you very much for everyone who contributed there. So, the leaderboard clearly grips on eight, Martin seven, Weedering five, Levi four. Uh, our goal of the day, that went to uh, Jack Martin's snap. Yep. Um, that finished with 60.5% of the vote. So, runaway winner. Uh, second place was um, Jack Noon's effort, which I've decided Martin clearly wins goal of the day. He goes into goal of the month. Yep. Now, I've decided to include Noon's as a discretionary pick. Because I feel like with the benefit of time, people might look at that and go, geez, that was a really good goal. They're actually similar. Levi's done a couple of those yeah. ones where he's gone whack from outside 50. One against Essendon. One against Essendon. And he did one against St Kilda last year, was it? Yes. Um, and just sometimes when you hit it, you just you just it flush was beautiful. it. And particularly it was beautiful. on the on the telly, you went, that's a goal. Yeah. So um, who knows how many games we're going to get as well this year. So if we got 17 and you had 17, you might need 20 for a goal of the year the vote. Nominations. So. so so I think that we'll keep... He's done enough to get in there. He's done enough to... Uh, it's that classic thing, Timbo, where we're going to have to wait to see how the rest of the field pans out, but he might make the final lane eight. Yeah. Um, mark of the day. There was no massive, you know, big, big hangers, but Levi's mark going back with the flight in the third quarter won that one with 47% of the vote. Yep. So he goes through to mark of the month. And then 1% Weedering did a really good effort, double effort, late on uh, Tommy Lynch. Yep. Uh, wrapped him up, won the tackle, and it was sort of an exclamation point on an excellent night. So that won our 1% and they got 51% of the vote. Uh, so like I said, thank you to everybody who uh, participated in that. And just keep an eye on that as we keep rolling and we'll roll out some more polls and some more uh, interactions. Um, briefly on the girls, because clearly the game was last week and they were playing 
momentarily, actually, as we record. They're playing shortly. Yeah, they're, what, they're 40 minutes away yeah, as so, we record. So we won't be able to talk about what happens next, but um, massive win. In the end, of, At the end of the day, they would have made finals anyway, given the way that the season's been recalibrated. But a uh, really big win up in the Alice against Melbourne, um, who are a good team. Uh, I think they, just, they sort of just toughed it out, hung in. Yep. You know, uh, Matty Prasparkas was absolutely outstanding. He just She just gets better every week, doesn't she? At one she? point, there was a hex on Melbourne's goal. The ball kept <laughs> like rolling towards goal and then bouncing at right angles. So it felt bad for them. They lost a couple of girls at the course of the game and... Clearly in those muggy conditions, um, fatigue was an issue and we, we finished the stronger and ended up having a really, really good win. And a recognition too that they've managed to have a oh, win yeah. yesterday and, and you know, you know had to really work hard to find that winning goal very, very late yeah. in the game. So after a, after a week where the luck wasn't quite on their no. side... And they're a good team. Kind of, it was nice to see them have the victory. Um, Though obviously the one shame for us, Timbo is that with Collingwood's loss yesterday, there was a bit made of it online, which was worth it. If we can beat the Lions today, we would have played Collingwood, which, as silly as it sounds, Collingwood-Carlton, big games regardless, that would have been the biggest game in the history of the AFLW. I think it's a bit of a useless argument you've got there, Very Sean. true, very true. <laughs> but that would have been just box office. No, no, look, absolutely. And and look, so it's coming a bit of a up shame. against Brisbane, I think Brisbane have been weakened with um, opposition teams... Um, pinching a few of their players over the, the first couple of years of the competition. So I think they're left a little bit vulnerable. We're probably playing our best football that we may have played throughout the all of the AFLW You can make that argument, date. yep. Um, so fantastic opportunity playing from home. You've still got to take care of business. As we always it's, know, women's football can be low scoring, so you can't concede because it can be hard to yes. make up ground. So let's hope the girls put their best foot forward. Do we get a bit of satisfaction? No, not in a nasty way, but is it a, is it a really good endorsement of what the club's been able to achieve this year? Losing Bree Davey, which in and of itself seemed that's disastrous because you went, you know, she's an excellent player. So you sit there and go, well, now we're one really good player down. How do we replace her? You know, she's the captain, etc. But to do what they've done without her, yes, she's probably been the best player at Carlton for the first three years. To lose her, but to be better. To get new young players coming in, and I'm going to get her surname wrong, but is it Laloifi La or whatever? Ah, uh, yes, excellent. She's held down centre-half back magnificently. And, and I think she'd done a knee before herself in the same way that Bree Davey had as well. And she's one of those curious cases that not a football background. No, that's right. Um, rugby, maybe. But very possibly. With um, being a Fijian descent, you wouldn't surprise at all. But just so clean, oh, strong. Good over the ball. I really, really like her. She's so. almost like the Doherty of the, bit. of the AFLW girls. But look, like we said, by the time you listen to this, that game will have been run and won. So fingers crossed it's come so out on our side. fingers crossed we're the winners and, and we obviously will play north if we can north, get over the line. Which is massive because they game. are... They, them and Freo have absolutely justified their I billing at the moment. they look a bit flaky. Well, absolutely. They look a bit... They, they're a weird one that they, they play some absolutely extraordinary football where they blow girls, blow teams away. But at the same time, they've, they've played games in the last couple of weeks where they've been really vulnerable for long patches. And you just wonder if, well, the opposition hasn't quite had the polish that we have yep. to put them away. And, and I think our season build, assuming if we can win today yeah. and we can talk about them for next week, our season has built to be playing our best footy when it counts. And the bottom line is if that doesn't end up being good enough, well, then say la vie. 
But if we can get a hold of them and have a win, you'll say, well, that was on the cards. We'd, we'd, we'd shown we were ready for that. Because you think about it, if the season runs its course, plays its full fixture list, okay, there's every chance that we play the Eagles or would have played the Eagles this week, which yep. no disrespect at home was an easy one. Was a, was a win. And you sit there going, we're, we're starting to put pressure on the Dockers. And maybe you get that one seed. Yeah. Anyway, I think we would have played the Dockers late in the year as a to, to take the top to, to spot. be number one spot. And you sit there and go, well, the way we were tracking the footy we were playing, it's a what if. But yeah. could have very, very conceivably have avoided North until the grand final anyway. Well, and that, look, that's exactly right. But at the end of the day, if you had ambitions of trying to win it. True. Um, no, absolutely. It was, um, yeah. Um, we're going to quickly go on. Oh, sorry, obviously, best of luck to the girls. Um, we're going to quickly go on to our little mailbox segment. It was a bit of a last uh, gasp. I put it out this morning. Um, so no questions so much as thoughts, but uh, the Carlton blog, they got in touch with us. Uh, let's uh, not throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's easy to forget what Richmond did to the Giants in the grand final. Let's wait a few games before hitting the panic button. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, Jimmy Faz said, after watching some of the other teams this week, Gold Coast, Geelong, Adelaide and Sydney, uh, I think our best will be best. Uh, we'll be able to beat those teams. Collingwood outscored us by five points and demolished Western yeah, Bulldogs. So no. ability to still be able to score against a side that kept um, GWS to three goals in the grand final, was it? Yes. So we kicked 12 against them. I mean, I, it, it's hard to deny. I mean, there were stage, I mean, we've got 50 points down in the game. So yes. we, we were getting crushed. And so you can't say we're really good. But I just don't think we're that bad. No, so. totally. And then he goes on to say, look, Geelong's best will probably be too good for us still. Yes. Um, but, you know, if we can catch teams on a bad day and play our best, we'll be competitive. And uh, that's what a season's about, oh, isn't totally. it? When you don't play well enough, you don't expect to win. But if we can squeak a few games when we're off, great. But when we play well, we have to win. And if we play our best games of footy against Richmond or against the GWS and we fall short, you're going to say, uh, well, Sometimes good teams that we're are just better than you. Yeah, look, you exactly know? right. That's... Um, That's the nature of it. Ashley Warren got in touch, said, nice fight back in the end, but too much left to too few. Teague needs Spot to on. find a way to get more out of the entire 22 or make changes. Can't be carrying passengers this year. Completely, uh, absolutely. absolutely spot on. Um, Will Peters, I used to work with Will, he's a really nice guy, uh, worked with him at Carlton. Oh, there you go. Uh, he's also an idiot, so shout out to Will. <laughs> um, why do you blokes continue to be sucky in round one? Well, we're playing the best team in the competition, Will. Yeah, once upon a time, our round... They have never beaten us as badly as we beat them a couple times. Oh, look, when we had the wood on them, it was it was a great way to start the season. We and that's the way them. Richmond look at it now. We've yeah. gone, oh, we get an easy win against Carlton. It's like, yeah, okay, you were 50 points up, but I don't think it was an easy win in the end. No, totally They agree. had to play good footy to be able to win the game, no doubt. Let's see it out. So, Will, you know, just focus on your cool bombers. Your jets, you focus on your bombers for a minute, yeah? <laughs> oh, is he one of them, is He's he? He's one of them. Oh, God. Uh, and then Matty B... Lastly, got in, uh, in touch. Morning, gents. While most of the first half was horrible, there was a lot of positives. Crip, uh, Crips, Doc, Weeders, Martin and Levi, all huge. I'm concerned about the lack of tackles and the amount of players who had under 10 disposals and no impact on the game. So sort of similar to, to Ashley's comment, and that's a fair comment. Yeah, yeah. Our match committee would we'd be taking that into account, and they'd be certainly talking to those players who had trouble finding the ball. Yep. Um, and One of my lasting memories of the game is Rioli squeaking clear of a yeah. couple of tackles and creating and you're going that's like Rioli is like he, he's very good um, but you hold a couple of tackles and yeah. all of a sudden his game's largely inconsequential oh we got the goal at the end running yeah. into the open goal yeah. when Doc and Weeders had a bit of a miss they were trying to do the right thing yep what Doc was trying to shepherd Weeders in Weeders was probably further away than Doc realised yep and he's like we said earlier he's, he's hardly the you know, express uh, running through so 
that was his third goal. Yeah. Yep. And you sit there and go, well, he's kicked three. And so you've got to give him credit for that, but you're going, has he played a good game? No, he hasn't. he hasn't had the Martins kick four, you know, yep. been outstanding. Um, so thanks very much to everyone who got in touch. We'll obviously do that week to week. So um, And a can... shout out to the big Faber Ganoush who uh, <laughs> has obviously just got a few business affairs that he needs to look forward to and it has to be his focus. <laughs> We'd love him to be here and to be a part of it. But the big Faber Ganoush uh, told his tale of woe to Timbo. He didn't tell it to me, obviously, fearing that I would give him donuts. <laughs> Um, so he, he, he got or, the, or doubts, he got depending the, on which way you interpret he got, it. He got, the, he, got, he got the old violin out and played a solo <laughs> for Timbo. Um, Wasn't like that. <laughs> so uh, just wrapping up, obviously, uh, thanks for joining us for another episode. We've been uh, brought to you, as always, by MGA Traffic. Though without the use of their office, maybe I'm reviewing their sponsorship commitments. Maybe we can be sponsored by Fraser's. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> or Australia Post, perhaps. Um, so for Fabian Fabaganoush, he isn't here, of course, uh, but we'll give him a shout out anyway. You can uh, find him at Fabiano underscore G7. For Fabian, thank you very much. For Timbo, this week's host, um, you can find him at Hoff47 on Twitter. Thank you, Dr. Davis. Always a pleasure, Sean. Uh, for me, Sean Peterbudge, uh, or one word on Twitter, you can find me. Thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Give us a like, a subscribe, a review on uh, on podcasts, on Spotify and all that. Uh, we leave with a very special song for Faber Ganoush who can't be here. I think it says what I would like to say but can't be bothered saying. We'll catch you next week. Thank you very much. No blues. Indecision to call you And hear your voice of treason Will you come home and stop this pain tonight? Stop this pain tonight Don't waste your time on me You're